From the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios high atop two Turtle Creek, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. This is your host, once again, Ryan Trimble, coming to you from our comfy, cozy studios here with the debonair, big game ready, Sean Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Yeah, can we say Super Bowl or can we say what it is? I mean, I, I would hate for the You're NFL. You're going to pay the fine. Yeah, I hate for the NFL. Said it. Well, I asked the question, and I did not say it in a promotional way, but with the many, many listeners that we continue to gain each and every week, every yes. month on this show, I'm thinking that they could hear it. So I am going to follow your lead and say the big game that's coming up on Sunday. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm loaded. I'm ready. Well, who you got? Well, I mean, last time you asked me that question, I, I did go two for two. <laughs> Not that I'm keeping up with that, but I did. So I will say I am going KC. Well played. Yeah. I am also going Kansas City. I think, uh, you know, let me say it like this. I'm going with the artists formerly known as the Dallas Texans. Yeah, I think that because they did get their start here in Dallas, they are the sentimental choice. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the, the Hunt family, congrats to them. Lamar Hunt, former SMU great. I've got a Lamar Hunt autographed football in my in my uh, office, Sean. You know, I remember when he was the owner of the Chiefs and the face of the Chiefs, and I never saw him or knew him personally, but he did seem just like a nice guy. He always seemed like a That's, nice Yeah, I mean, it, it, very cool to see that family get to celebrate first time in 50 years. Like we said last time, that is old school. <laughs> yeah. That is way back. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and good thing uh, good thing for them, they they found uh, Pat Mahomes and the rest of that squad. So uh, good luck uh, to the Dallas Texans in yeah, the Super Bowl. I will be rooting for the Dallas Texans this weekend. Malia had on a San Francisco 49ers shirt, and I didn't even ask her like how that came about. And she was wondering why nobody at her school likes San Francisco and <laughs> why she's getting so much grief from me and my mom. And I had to explain to her the whole thing about the catch in yeah. the 90s and how during the catch in the 80s, um, how Dwight a young Clark, Sean that old Williams, such and such. Yeah, that Dwight Clark brought me that was my first sports cry that I can remember man that was my first sports cry and she I, hit a nerve kind huh? of tearing up now so maybe we should go <laughs> on to the next section of our show yeah um, yeah you know on uh, January 26th in the Dallas Morning News one of our clients Taylor Twins had a really really heartfelt opinion piece the title of that or, or the way that they titled it was to understand youth gun violence in Dallas there's no substitute for proximity and you know Taylor goes on to talk about how 4 Oak Cliff focuses on the 75216 zip code. He talks about how a couple of the, at least a couple that he mentions, um, a couple of the young people who have been caught up in the gun violence here in Dallas were people that he knew and had mentored and talked to. So I would definitely encourage our listeners to go online uh, because um, by the time you get this, there may not be, may not be any on the shelves anymore, but uh, go online. It is from January 26th, and it is tailored, um, and it is uh, part of the commentary section on the Dallas Morning News site. Yeah, I, uh, you know, know you're working hard and working with with Taylor on uh, on 
his his uh, Four Oak Cliff uh, organization, and so uh, you know, really really proud to to watch you do all the work you do with with them, and uh, so thank you, Sean. You know, Ryan. Also, next to Taylor's piece in the physical paper was a uh, commentary and op-ed by Dr. Fred Cerise from Parkland. And he talks about Parkland's plan, uh, Parkland plans new approach to address roots of poor health in impoverished areas. And one of the areas that are the area that Taylor's working in 75216 is shown to be one of the most unhealthy zip codes in Dallas. And Parkland uh, had, along with Dallas County, had a program at Goodwill yesterday uh, called Dallas County Community Needs Health Assessment, and they laid out some of the challenges in some of our most unhealthy zip codes. But um, one of the comments that was made from the stage was that your zip code can be a better determinant of your health health outcomes than your genetic code. And I had never heard it put like that, but, you know, we talk about... Uh, where you live shouldn't determine how you live and or how long you live even. And so I think that's where that sentiment comes from. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And so, you know, again, um, glad that you and your hard work with Taylor are focusing on the super block and focusing on that zip code and, uh, you know, really doing uh, grassroots hard work to make change, make that, you know, make that zip code uh, somewhere where people you know, are healthy. Speaking of health, you know, it's important that we have healthy spaces, healthy green spaces. And Taylor is on the park board and he actually serves on the park board with our guests that we have this week. That's right. Our uh, We got to sit down with your friend and mine, the great Calvert Collins Bratton. Calvert's a longtime friend and is the president not the chair, the not president the chair. of the Dallas Park Board. And uh, I was really excited to have her on, knowing there's a lot of action going on with uh, going on at City Hall with what's going on with one of our local parks. And, you know, as, as uh, I hope we can get into with Calvert, there's a lot of action with the parks in Dallas in general. And we have we have a lot of great parks in this city, um, up in my neck of the woods, Flagpole Hill. I know you're an avid jogger slash walker. Yes. You frequent parks in your neighborhood. Yes. Coombs Creek Trail is my current walking location and destination. And I knew Calvert, definitely got to know her professionally during her time uh, as a reporter here in the city. So um, anybody who is interested in the parks, anyone who has great feelings about the parks, which I know you do, you should definitely stay tuned for a great and insightful conversation with Calvert Collins Braddon. We are going to be right back with that conversation right after this. This is Deconstructing Dallas.
Hey everyone, it's your pal RT here, and you won't believe it, but it is back. That's right, I'm talking about the code WOWFRESH for $10 off your first order on Walmart Grocery Pickup. Download the Walmart Grocery app today, and with your first order over $50, you can save $10 on the already low prices that will help you and your family to save money and live better. My wife joined and couldn't believe the savings and loved the convenience of driving up and having someone load the groceries in the trunk for her. So if you want to add some wow to your day, punch in the code WOWFRESH today for $10 off your first order of Walmart grocery pickup. Save money. Live better. Walmart. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, I'm so excited. We are joined today by a good friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine. She is the president of the Dallas Park Board. She, of course, is Calvert Collins Bratton. Calvert, hey, welcome. Ryan. Thank you. Nice to hey. see you both. Thanks for having us here in Oak Cliff. It's nice. Happy to help. Weather, welcome to South of I-30. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now, I remember Calvert from her days at Fox 4, watching her breaking news, reporting the news, uh, weather, everything. Standing, you did it all. Standing, standing on in, a godforsaken county road somewhere, freezing my... <laughs> outstanding in your field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So glad I went to college for that. Yeah, yeah. If I'd known I would be standing on the high five when I was nine months pregnant in an ice storm, I might have chosen a different major. But... It was but, a good 10-year run in television. But you made it. You I made survived. It. You survived. A few war wounds and, and a lot of good stories and experiences yeah. later. I'm better for it. And that is, of course, helping you in your role today as the Dallas Park Board Chair. Yes. It uh, is. Uh, I never thought it has been a crash course in executive management in the last three months. But <laughs> every day is a great learning experience, meeting a lot of wonderful people that care about our park system. And it is, it's an honor and a legacy to carry forward. The word legacy, that's where I was going to go next. This is something that's in your DNA, right? Literally. <laughs> act, my mother served on the Dallas Park Board from 1980 to 85 when I was in utero, so it is literally in my blood. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was hearing about uh, trails and um, playgrounds through osmosis, so it is very much in my blood. My grandmother, Calvert, my namesake, was the first woman on the Dallas City Council in 1957. So before single member districts. So I guess it just finds us. So it's an honor to to have been appointed two and a half years ago by Council Member Gates and then appointed as uh, Park Board President by Mayor Johnson um, last fall. And even as, you know, and and I got a ton of questions to ask you about the Park Board, but I also got to know you when you were working with Safer Dallas and um, you were um, the chair of that organization's board as well. And I I know you still serve there, but can you talk about, you know, the work that that you have done and Safer Dallas does related to public safety in our city? Sure. So Safer Dallas, Better Dallas was founded by Jack Hammock and Charlie Terrell in 2005 as a uh, police 
uh, nonprofit organization that supported law enforcement, mainly um, DPD, but has also supported the DA's office and sheriff's department and other law enforcement agencies. And so I was, I served on the board, I've served on the board since I believe 2015 and was president from 2017 to 2019. And working with Chief Hall, we were able to um, update our um, the first police anonymous reporting app called iWatch. It was the first in the country when it launched in 2010, but it needed a serious update. And so we were able to do that and really um, get it out to schools so that kids can anonymously report. Um, nonviolent crime. So that relaunched this past fall. And then we spent a long time working on uh, Project Starlight, which put high definition, real time cameras in high trafficked, high violent rates of crime, uh, crime areas um, all over the city. There were some pilot programs, uh, pilot locations that launched this past uh, October. And so we spent a year working on that to feed in live footage to the Fusion Center at DPD headquarters in hopes of catching a perpetrator in action versus having to rely on footage that's provided days later. So it's all about arming our officers in the field and at headquarters because we know that technology is a force multiplier. And so it's very important that we give our officers as many tools when, especially when we're down officer numbers, um, those t- that type of technology is really critical for them. And this is, of course, all in your spare time uh, to share with us about your, your current role at Methodist. Sure. So I've been at Methodist Health System since 2015. I was recruited to be the PR manager for the system and um, have been there since and then was re- uh, promoted to be vice president in our foundation uh, about two years ago. So I'm in char- I'm vice president of strategic events, initiatives, marketing, and some relationships. So I oversee events and all the promotions for the foundation and, and we work very much in concert with the system and are able to provide you know Methodist is the second largest provider of charity care in Dallas second to Parkland last year that was 170 million dollars in charity care unre- unreimbursed so the foundation raises money to help offset a lot of those costs and provide educational programs for nurses and doctors as well as uh, critical programs like sexual assault nurse examiner we just built a breast center at Methodist Mansfield building a cancer wing at Methodist Charlton and so on and so forth. So it's very gratifying and a very rewarding um, professional life. So you mentioned again that you were appointed to, as the president of the Dallas Park Board by Mayor Johnson. And so, and we, we knew the last guy, I, I can't remember his name, that was a president before. May he rest Mayor in had, peace. Had him on the show before. Uh, <laughs> our good friend, Bobby Abtahi. But um, what what has been, um, what how has it been for you, first off, as president? Uh, we'll talk about some of the recent things going on later, which will be a lot of fun. But, and, and what, is, what is your vision for the park, uh, Dallas Park Department? And what are, what are some things we need to know? So I learned a lot from Bobby, and I was blessed to have, we had a good board, strong leadership um, the past two and a half years. I appreciate all of Bobby's leadership and guidance, and he's been a good friend throughout my first few months. I guess I'm approaching four months as president. I joked that I wish I could have had a little bit more runway (laughs) to get into some of the um, more uh, controversial votes that we were going to have, but I'm glad I'd already been on the board and Mm -hmm. we've gone through the Fair Park First Mm -hmm. contract and and we had some other, um, we in the big bond program and Mm -hmm. had some turnover on the board. So I was able to at least bring that experience to being president. And, 
you know, Fair Park was a huge initiative. That was that was a Herculean effort, years in the making, and I feel very um, optimistic about where we are now. A year in with Fair Park First, and obviously Spectrum making news every week, bringing big acts. The success of the Winter Classic on New Year's Day, second largest. So BTS is coming so, too. BTS, <laughs> which. I did not know until about six months ago before I saw them on Saturday Night Live. I thought BTS stood for behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. So that was a huge get. And, and and Spectra is doing some great things. And Fair Park First is doing great things. They've had over 120 community meetings as they're working on the master plan, putting the park back in Fair Park. That was critical to the park board when we were negotiating that contract that it had to have green space. That was the number one component that that the neighborhoods were asking for, and that's what they deserved. So we need to make sure that we get this right and that we have a lot of green space, that it accommodates the resident institutions, large and small, but also benefits the neighborhood and and helps not only equitable economic development, but we really want to see the area surrounding Fair Park South Dallas flourish. And we believe that having a good operator of the 277 acres of Fair Park was really catalytic to that. So other park initiatives we have on the horizon, um, you know, connectiveness between our trails is really critical because we have all these great trails, but they sometimes don't go anywhere. I mean, except to the end of that trail. We want them to connect. So formerly known as the Circuit Trail Conservancy is now the Loop. And um, they have an excellent board and that's a, a private partnership that we have and really want to help get that connectivity between our trails because ultimately we want to have a completely circuitous trail system that also connects to trails in Irving and Richardson so that it's not only a recreational amenity but also a modality of transportation because we want to get more cars off the road, help people walk or uh, use bikes to get to and from where they need to go. No scooters allowed on our trails but um, but that's really critical and it's going to be an improved amenity in the urban core but also as our trails extend to the suburbs. Then our, our deck parks, that is the two key words of the last 10 years. Um, we've seen the success of Clyde Warren in its first phase. Now phase two is in its um, beginning stages. It's beginning design um, and and construction. It's been approved through the city processes. Now they're going to be raising money to build their three-story pavilion. But also there's going to be a turf. Um, the western expansion will have actually turf and it be programmed all year round. There will be an ice rink, um, for example, in the winter, farmer's markets in the summer, an expanded children's playground, expanded dog park, water features. So we think that's going to really enhance um, that urban uh, uptown and downtown core. It's already the melting pot of our city. We know that. Um, it, I think they had their three millionth visitor there a few months ago. 1,300 free programs a year. It's been a, it has been a game changer, transformative to, to Dallas. So that's going to be great. Speaking of Deck Park, Southern Gateway, which is currently being uh, tunneled right now by TxDOT. That's right in front of the zoo, so we apologize yeah, to all those travelers. I am going to show me, because I drive through there all the time, and I cannot visualize, I cannot visualize what that's going to look like, so I'm going to need some sort of... So there's a... Um, so, the, so the public financing part has already been done. That's building, they call it uh-huh. the kitty litter box, that mm-hmm. will be the tunnel, and then they'll put... There's a private fundraising effort for the what will be the park, similar mm-hmm. to Clyde Warren as well. 
And so there's a private fundraising effort, the Southern Gateway Public Green Space Foundation. And then it's really at the Dallas Zoo's front door. Mm-hmm. The zoo is, is about to be undergoing a capital campaign for its new master plan. And so it's really going to be the front door to uh, the new and improved Dallas Zoo, which is going to be spectacular. It already is great. Mm-hmm. But it, this, we think, adding more green space to its entryway and, and more parking in the f- form of likely a garage will serve both purposes well and the zoo has interest in programming some of that mm-hmm. park. So that's exciting. I'm really, speaking of master plans, the Glendale Park master plan in um, District 4, I'm sorry, District 3, kind of on the edge of District 4, but I think will be really transformative. We've seen the success of the new South Oak Cliff High School opening, um, a lot of the alumni supporting that, and then 4 Oak Cliff, all of Taylor Toynes, my park board members, and colleagues. And one of our clients. Uh, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. he is. So and so I love what Taylor is doing and all the support that he has. But I think what all the work they put into that master plan and the ideas for $25 million and improvements to just that park and that acreage would be transformative and bring the right kind of development and the right kind of um, um, needs to that park that really have been overlooked. And so, so those are some of the really big projects that I'm looking forward to. We want, we've got to support our neighborhood parks as well. We put in $5 million in match funds in the bond program in 2017. And so we want to encourage our neighborhood, our friends groups to come to us and say, look, we can, we can raise $10,000. We can raise $40,000 and, and come to the board and say, we'd like to match that and double mm-hmm. our money. We just did that for friends of Garrett Park and they came, they'd raised 120,000 for new playgrounds and we were able to match that. So that's, we want to empower our friends groups and our neighborhood park advocates because that's where a lot of people go. I mean, we love our big signature parks, but if we don't support our neighborhood parks, that's what we have a lot more of, you know, 400 parks in the system. So we got to support those too. That was a very long answer and I'm really sorry, but can you tell I'm passionate about parks? If you're not excited about parks after listening to this episode, <laughs> you don't have a pulse. It's 40 degrees and I think I'm going to go run through the park. Right? <laughs> Lake Cliff. Or yeah. we, Lake we Cliff done. and Founders yeah. and yeah. Kid Springs mm-hmm. is so getting get some done. wonderful enhancements and that Japanese garden. So, so those are, um, we, we really need, we need to look at parks as not just a nice to have, a quality of life, peace, but as infrastructure and as economic development, as generators of communities. Because we know historically parks have always been gathering places and they need to be. We need to get back outside. It'll help our waistlines. It'll help our pocketbooks. We need to get not only our children and our families outside, but to have gathering places. That's what Garrett Park is Mm -hmm. for Munger Place Church. And it's been a a great um, amenity to that neighborhood that's extremely diverse of all types, economic, socioeconomic, religious, um, ethnic, and they can really be our... um, Add to that mosaic of our yeah. of our society. Flag we've Pole seen Hill that at Flagpole yeah. Hill certainly, and mm-hmm. up, and the North Haven Trail we've seen as a huge generator of um, of recreation where the North North Dallas didn't mm-hmm. have that before. And so um, we really think that hopefully with the with our friends groups that we can be that partner to them. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back with Dallas Park Board President Calvert Collins Bratton. Stick with us.
strong communities allow its people to shape what it looks like. Communities tend to work side by side with their neighbors to make sure that everyone, no matter what their background, has the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. Without the proper resources, communities begin to fall behind and are not connected to others around them. At the Oak Cliff YMCA, we are the solution to that problem. We are committed to strengthening communities through healthy living, youth development, and social responsibility. A healthier and stronger community now awaits you at the Oak Cliff YMCA. Stop by 6701 Southampton Road, take a tour, and ask how you can make an impact in our community. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We are with Dallas Park Board President Calvert Collins Braddon. One of the reasons we wanted to come talk to you is about Rivershine. What? It's a big deal going <laughs> on around that? town. And I didn't know if anybody had heard of it. I thought we were going to be breaking the news that, here. Is that that you know? park over off of Oak Lawn? Well, after, well, let's just get in the car. We've just all dropped. Okay. <laughs> Field trip. Um, and so I know that there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of social media. Uh, I was at the meeting uh, when you all had, or not when you all, but when the city council had it. Uh-huh. I believe you spoke at the meeting. So um, I know you're supportive of the plan for Rivershine. So maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about what has been proposed, what has been passed, and why you're supportive. So I, the board. Both, but we there were two RFPs, a first and a second. The first uh, was passed. Both were passed by Park Board eleven to two, so overwhelmingly. And the um, the first group uh, also was a for-profit group, not local, and they were minor league baseball play, baseball operators as well. But they couldn't raise the money that was needed, uh, so the contract became null. That was in 2018. So there was interest. We the park department heard there was interest in another group um, maybe re, re bringing that back up as a as an option and so because the department had asked the board three years ago if there was interest in supporting a privatization of the ballpark and that's a critical um, point of clarification it's only privatizing the operations of the ballpark not the park it's a 40 acre park in the center of Dallas it's um, called classified as a community park because of its acreage it's sizable one of our larger parks in the system and it's in the, the urban core it doesn't have much residential adjacency it's really surrounded more by business and highway roadway and it is a beautiful you know dense uh, old park 100 years old and the ballpark is um I think it was 105, almost 105 years old. We we had done as done a, as good of a job as we could. It had fallen into kind of disrepair and underutilization, and so that's why the department explored the private operations of the ballpark. So you know, fast forward, two groups come forward. The second group passes, uh, both groups passed, and then we got to briefings in the fall, and the board really felt like 
it was in the best interest of the park and the ballpark's long-term future to have a different private operator for the ballpark. And with, you know, minimal change to the footprint, still keeping the, le- the legacy of baseball, um, but understanding that there was interest in both RFPs, there was interest in multiple sports. Uh, in fact, the first RFP had room for a concert venue, uh, fe- music festivals, and mixed martial arts. So we could have had an o- we could have had a Revershawn <laughs> octagon. octagon. So um, right there. <laughs> so anyway, that and then again that that passed, and then the second RFP was issued because we had heard that there was interest maybe in in additional sports. So right now in the department, we don't have any turf fields. And that means that you can't utilize playing on that field for parts of the year because the grass has to be replanted, Mm -hmm. watered, irrigated, all that. And so this um, would be a real amenity to be able to have a turf field. So a a group called Revershawn Park Sports and Entertainment put together by Mavericks um, GM Donnie Nelson came forward. They liked the location, Revershawn in particular. Uh, He wanted to do something in the city of Dallas, his hometown, wanted to do something that people could walk to because they've seen that with Victory Park. A lot of people are using the Katy Trail to get to Victory Mm -hmm. now. And so um, having a venue that people could really walk to um, was a real seller to them. So they wanted to put the Dallas Eagles, which was the historic baseball team, back in the park. And so we're going to raise $15 million of private money to um, build a new ball field. And in keeping with the historic look, that WPA stone, um, keeping with that look, it's similar to what Dallas Baptist's uh, stadium looks like. And so have up to 3,500 seats, Again, up to is the key. There, mm-hmm. that that would likely, you know, a lot of games. That's not all going to be full, but um, on about the same footprint. And then the money. What's important is the revenue share generated from this, uh, the private opera, op, operations of it, would go back into a beautification fund for just that park, not the whole city, but just that park. So literally, the money generated stays in that park. So that means. Playground enhancements, dog waste stations, water fountains, yeah. um, additional improvements for that park. So, and then Clayton Kershaw's foundation had been looking to put an all abilities field um, in Dallas. They've done it in um, Los Angeles and had a lot of success with it. And so, there's an upper quote unquote meadow that sits right behind. Uh, Scottish Rite. It's not terribly meadow-like. It's it's not down by the creek where most people think. It's actually pretty uncovered. It's up by the volleyball mm-hmm. field. It's very underutilized. And so there, the um, field would be up there. It would mimic like what a baseball diamond would look like, but it would allow for kids who have um, disabilities or would be in um, wheelchair or have some kind of sure. physical impediment to be able to walk around and quote-unquote play baseball right behind Scottish Rite. So, long story short, we there were a lot of iterations of the deal points, and multiple council members had input with staff on enhancing the deal. And and I think where we ended up benefits the city. It really was never about a this was not a land grab. This was not a real estate deal. This was really for the improvement of that ballpark. You know, it's important to note that we have, we have to leverage our public dollars and our private partnerships. Look at the success of the zoo, the Arboretum, Clyde Warren, Trust for Public Land, Dallas United Crew. There are countless others. 
we have a limited budget and and we're asked almost every year to cut more of our public budget and so it's really important that private partnerships that have the important and necessary financial and contractual oversight compliance um, that we're able to, to have those partnerships and really leverage our dollars, help them go farther. But um, this really was, we felt this is not about another ballpark. This is not Globe Life Park in Uptown. This is a much, much smaller, this is mo- much, this is almost half the size of Dr. Pepper Park in Frisco where the Rough Riders play. It's not Jexa or Starplex. Mm-hmm. This is a. There has been a lot of information out there, misinformation and myths used to scare people. And, and look, that happens. So it's important that the right information gets out there. And what has been approved is 3,500 seats on this almost exact footprint. There is still a lot of community input that will be had with a lot of HOAs, the condo towers, the Oakland committee, and others to make sure that um, this is a great ballpark and all abilities field that serves the community. There are traffic studies to be done, and I'm, I'm confident that RPSE will get parking agreements with um, you know nearby buildings so that people can use sure. those garages and and I mean the real hope is that people do use the Katy Trail to get there. We know they're going to Victory Park. They can just make a quick stop and and see you know go to the farmers yeah. market that's going to be they want to put in the ballpark. But this isn't about having Live Nation program a ballpark. <laughs> You know, 400, yeah. I'm sorry, 200 days a year. What is agreed to is 118 days uh, that RPSE would get to utilize um, this bar park, ballpark and 193 go to the city. So there will be required public access when the gates are unlocked and you and your kids can walk up and play baseball on a beautiful new HKS designed baseball diamond. I'd love it. I mean, Sean knows I'm a huge Ranger fan. Lauren and I used to go when we were um, much more. Uh, Sans kids, I guess you could say. <laughs> Footloose uh, and fancy. But free. I'd love to be able to. T- yeah, exactly. Right. I'd love to be able to take the kids. I mean, I love going to Arlington. Love going to the ballpark. But sure. if I want to go see a baseball game, just grab a couple innings with the kids. I mean, this is a really cool option that I'm excited about. And it gives. You know, this was brought up at council, which is really important to know that, you know, the superintendent supported this. Yeah. This is North Dallas High School's mm-hmm. home field, and it's been in disrepair. And, and it's been they've we've relied on um, amateur baseball leagues, recreation leagues to, to put money, about 200000 yeah. back in this field. And I mean, they were the ones buying new bases and in partnership with. But we don't even have ADA compliant bathrooms and our and bleachers. Yeah. And it's just, there's just, there's safety issues. But um, I can remember 25 years ago when high school teams were making the playoffs. Rivershawn was one of the places that they hoped that they played because right. it was so historic and it was nice and it was in the middle of town. And we've gotten so far away from that. So mm-hmm. to me, the opportunity to bring that historic field, and I'm a huge uh, minor league baseball fan. I've gone to forward cats games and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Air Hogs. I get, I get and, it, Air Hogs yeah. and Grand Prairie. And so the opportunity, and, and I think. While we're talking about making sure everybody has the information, I mean, this is not turning over the park exactly. to a private company. This right. is an agreement that they have to operate. And this is still under the city's ownership. I mean, right. it will it will forever be zoned parkland. It, that will never change. This is just like the Arboretum or yeah. the zoo. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just a different operator. And But I mean... Don't we know the success of Donnie Nelson and his team is all local and they they have had 
they have the integrity. They want to make sure this is successful for the city. They want their kids to go play mm-hmm. there and, and for inner city kids to have a place to play. And people, we've been seeing, we look at the revenues, they've been diminishing because the field just isn't, right. the field is in okay shape. It's the bleachers and everything mm-hmm. around it. And people don't want to come put up their rec league there. I mean, Carry the Load is supportive. That's where their event is. And all of, it was really important to know all of the current users of this ballpark were in support. Mm -hmm. And these are the people that have put their money in that park for a long time. The North Texas Amateur League, the Veterans American League, the Mexican American League, Carry the Load, Friends of Revershawn Park. I mean, these are the people that are out there doing cleanups in that park. And, and so really, it really, it, it, we felt, I mean, at the board, that's why it passed overwhelmingly, is because we felt like this was in the best interest of the park's future. And that's our job, is to steward parkland. Yeah. And it's not a giveaway. And to the to the folks that say, well, we could have just used bond money to do that. Well, there hasn't been an appetite for bond dollars to do that ever. I mean, we've had piecemeal bond programs here and there to uh, update things, but this would take a sizable amount. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're upwards 5 to $10 million. Um, and that's a lot for one district's park, mm-hmm. um, park bond allocation, and there just hasn't been the appetite for it. And frankly, it's from an operations and maintenance standpoint, we can build a new ballpark, but then who's going to program it? And yeah. so that's where it's not a good, that would be the city losing money um, because we just wouldn't be able to program it to the level that our PSE is going to be able to do. And so it really is going to, I feel, benefit the park and the neighbors um, down the road. Well, we're, we're excited to, you know, learn more. And I think, you know, now that our listeners have had a chance, they're going to want to know more as well. So uh, how can folks find you on social media if they want to <laughs> want to learn more? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Calvert Collins. My husband didn't get he, his last name, didn't he make the cut. That. Twitter limited my <laughs> um, but that's, you know, I post some um, on social media there. But I don't I don't like to govern via social media and. I like to be a listener and, and uh, I, I, I look at all sides. I mean, I don't have an agenda. I'm not running for city council. I, my agenda. news? <laughs> Heard, here. Heard it here first. My agenda is to be the best steward of the park system in, as, in, in Dallas possible. You know, we have a top 10 accredited park system. Mm-hmm. And my job is to, and with the other 14 members, is to keep it that way and to help grow it. We have to hire a new director. And we have a lot on our plates this year. We we need to make sure all of our partners flourish. And so that we're as good of a partner to them as they are to us. And, and there's a lot of give and take there. So I'm sorry that this, that Revershawn has um, taken up so much time over the past and so much misinformation has been put out there because it really is a good project. If I didn't believe that in my heart of hearts, and if it wasn't where I would send my own kids to play, we play there now, um, then I wouldn't have supported it. I don't think every operate, private operate, privatization of a park is a good idea. It's a slippery slope. We get that. And we need to be careful and vet that um, every step of the way. And I felt like we did that. We did our due diligence in this process, and it was carefully vetted. And I think we have the right partners in this. And I look forward to seeing it go forward and be there for opening pitch in May of 2021. And I should mention that this will be, you know, North Dallas's continued home field, but also 
rugby, lacrosse, and soccer, so kids who've never been exposed to some of those sports will get that. Well, Madam President, thank you for your leadership. Thank you. appreciate it. I appreciate the time, Sean and Ryan. It's always good to see you both. Thanks so much. We'll be right back. Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams, Sean, always, always great to see Calvert. She is on fire for parks. You talk about passion. I mean, <laughs> she is ready for it, and which is yeah. great for, for two Dallas residents like ourselves. You want someone like that in that position. So uh, very exciting. She had definitely some big shoes to fill from our friend Bobby Abtahi, but, uh, you know, I think she's definitely taking the challenge and running. With uh, she's going to dwarf Abtahi. Let's be honest. <laughs> I like it. Um yeah, so thank you, Calvert, for coming on. Always, always love seeing her. We've got some great guests coming up, uh, Sean, in our upcoming shows. Uh, I'll tease it this way. I don't know if you saw in the paper, Alto, the ride Dallas-based ride-sharing uh, app service, has uh, raised some funds to expand their operations. One of our friends of the show uh, and local muralist, Mari Pullman, who's going to be our one of our next guests uh, coming up, got to do some work for Alto. Actually, designed uh, the car wrap for their one of their uh, some of their vehicles. It's really cool. Uh, you, most people in Dallas have probably seen her work driving under over you know underpasses in uptown or yeah, the one right here on Blackburn. <clears throat> yeah, well. yeah, the, the fortune cookie mm-hmm. ones. Those are so fun. Um, she's got a couple more in uptown. Deep Ellum. She's a Deep Ellum based. Uh, 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 artist, muralist, and yeah, you can see her work at Mockingbird Station. You can see her work in Deep Ellum. She did a really cool one for um, the fire department, uh, firehouse number three. So uh, excited to sit down and talk to talk to Mari. She's a she's a neat neat person. Also, Sean. Another friend of the show who's, I guess, kind of been a guest. We we got to... We did have a few minutes yeah, with him in, in Austin. We went mobile with him the opening day of, of the last legislative session. He, of course, is uh, Jason Whiteley of WFAA. Uh, Jason's going to be on the show with us to discuss Super Tuesday and all that implies uh, prior to the March 3rd election day. Just a little over a month away, man. It's crazy. I can't believe it. Well, I'm, I'm excited about that. And I, I just want everyone to know that we are so excited about 2020. We took a taco summit and had some time <laughs> where we sat down and discussed our goals for deconstructing Dallas in 2020, just so that each of you will get the best possible show each week. And we've got some guests already lined up uh, in schedule that you are going to be really excited about. And so we will just kind of tick those off as we go. But yeah. we've, we teased two. So I think that's pretty good. Yeah, so get excited for that and uh, um, stay tuned. All right, well, we want to thank Calvert Collins Braddon for joining us. We want to thank our bosses, Mary Woodleaf, Jennifer Pascal. We want to thank you, each and every one of you who 
iTunes and via Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I don't think iTunes even exists anymore, but Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, you name it. We need you to leave us a review on your preferred platform. We need you to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and we need you to share this podcast with your friends. Our goal, if I can be honest, is to grow this podcast each and every month. And so far we are doing that. And the only way we can make sure we do that is help from you participate, participating with us. So uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, I am at Sean P. Williams. He is Tremble 15 Follow us, retweet us, like our posts, all that good stuff. We love it. So from Ryan Trimble and Sean Williams, this is Deconstructing Dallas. We will see you soon. Adios. Adios.